gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I speak to you in the name of God, who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When the ancient Israelites thought about approaching God, they did so with fear. When Christians think about approaching God, we can do so with joy. In our second reading this morning, the writer of Hebrews draws our minds back to images of the Exodus. Specifically, he recalls the first time that God appeared to the Israelites in person. From Exodus chapter 19. On the day that Moses brought the people out to meet the Lord, there was thunder and lightning on Mount Sinai as well as a thick cloud on the mountain and a blast of a trumpet so loud that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke that day because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln while the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses would speak, and God would answer him in thunder. 
Exodus paints a fearsome picture of what it is to meet the Lord. Exodus portrays God as an all-powerful being, as one whose presence causes the earth to shake and the elements to answer. There is no doubt as to who is big and who is small, as to who is strong and who is weak. There is no doubt as to who is in charge and who is not. Many of us were taught to think about meeting God in just this way. For centuries, North American culture has been saturated with images of God that portray him as one filled with wrath, as one who sits on the seat of judgment, as one who sees everything that we do and who disapproves of most of it. Hebrews invites us to set those images aside. In describing the day when we will meet the Lord, Hebrews says, you have not come to a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest. No, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to innumerable angels in festal gathering into the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. What an image. God waits for us. God's heart bursts with love for us. God is filled with the same childlike anticipation that defined the father of the prodigal son. And Jesus is there too. Jesus sits at the right hand of God, filled with the joy of knowing that his work and his sacrifice made this reunion possible. Around them are all of the angels and the archangels, the cherubim and the seraphim, and the whole host of heaven. Too many to count. They're dressed in their finest clothes, anticipating a celebration that will be without parallel in the whole history of creation. While others may prefer to focus on doom and gloom, the writer of Hebrews focuses on joy. And he's not the only one. In Isaiah, the prophet says, on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine. In Revelation, St. John the Divine says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. See, the home of God is among mortals, John declares. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. Hebrews invites us to anticipate a joyful reunion with God. Hebrews invites us to believe that God's ultimate goal is being reunited with the people that he loves.
It's tempting to think that this joyful reunion with God will take place in heaven. But that's not the writer's view. The writer of Hebrews is making an even bolder claim than that. Our reading from Hebrews does not describe what will happen when we die. On the contrary, it describes what will happen when God gives new life to the world that we know right here, right now. That's what the prophet Isaiah describes too, and St. John the Divine. That's what the prophet Amos describes when he says, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. These biblical writers are not focused on the afterlife, but on the present life. They believe that God will come to restore the created order. They believe that we will all live together with God in his peaceable kingdom here on earth. These biblical writers do not live in an escapist hope that God will one day pull us out of the morass of the fallen world. They do not live simply waiting on their death. No, they live in a redemptive hope that God will one day restore the world that we know. They believe that they will one day feast at God's table and live in God's city and know of God's justice. And they believe that they will do all of these things while there is still air in their lungs and strength in their frame and resolve in their hearts. The dangers of escapism are great. When we believe that nothing can be done to redeem the world, we have no motivation to try. But when we believe that the world's destiny is its redemption, we have every reason to participate with God in bringing that redemption about. We have every reason to give and to work and to pray for the brighter day that lies ahead. Today is Rally Day at Church of the Holy Communion. Let's rally around hope. Let's rally around the redemptive hope that convicts us to make a difference in God's world because the world will never ever be too far gone for God. The image that we receive in this morning's reading from Hebrews is of a God filled with anticipation that he is about to be reunited with his people of Jesus excited to open the way for that to happen, and of angels ready to celebrate it all. Let's rally around that today, and let's believe it too. Amen.